We are back. Another episode of You Don't Look Like a Therapist with myself, Mitchell Paulson, licensed professional clinical counselor, private practice therapy owner, Denver, Colorado, St. Paul, Minnesota. Welcome back. Thank you guys for waiting. It's been a couple of weeks since I was on with JoJo, and I'm super, super excited to be here tonight. Going to be one of my favorite episodes. I know I say that every time, but this is the truth. I got my big sister in the building tonight, my big sister, Holly Hess. Holly, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So I got my big sister, Holly. She's uh, calling in, zooming in from Racine, Wisconsin, just south of Milwaukee. And we're talking tonight about identity. We're talking about being our authentic selves. We're talking about relationships yet. And we're talking about basically how do you survive in this world when being true to yourself, but still being a professional and being a husband or a wife or a partner and all the different roles and all the different hats that we wear. And how do we do all of that while still staying true to ourselves? What this whole show is about. So you don't look like a therapist. You guys all know that by now. And so the whole purpose of tonight is to talk to Hall about how she's done that with her life. She's worn a lot of different hats. She's had a lot of different careers. She's done a lot of different great stuff. She's currently working at Carthage College, helping students to find their purpose and find their meaning in life and figure out how they launch into the world and how they're also going to do this. The same stuff. How do I be a professional? How do I figure out who I am when I'm in my early 20s or I'm in my mid-20s or whatever and try to figure out a way to do this? So, Hall, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Carthage. Give people a background about who you are. Thanks for being here, number one. I love you. It's good to see you. And go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing currently in your role at Carthage. Yeah, at Carthage, I'm the Purposeful Life and Leadership Coordinator on campus, which was a new position last year. So it's just my second year on campus. I love that it's a new job because I'm building it with our students, and that's really exciting. Um, And I really uh, spend most of my day just having really interesting conversations with young people about what their life is calling them to do, what they're interested in, what they're curious about, um, you know, what gets them excited about life what kind of drains Mm -hmm. them of that. Uh, I work across campus. Sometimes I guest lecture in classes. I run workshops on purpose and leadership. Um, And I'm just somebody who's not their mom that they can, (laughs) and not their therapist, right? Exactly, exactly. That they can talk to and say like, you know, even though everybody in my family has been a dentist for four generations, I have this wild idea that maybe I want to be a teacher, and yeah. what am I supposed to do with that? Because that's not mm-hmm. who we are. We're dentists, right? Mm-hmm. So um, kind of helping them tap into their authentic self and asking questions that are going to guide them, not just in this time, but throughout their whole lives. For sure. How many TikTok videos do you make a day, Hall, with all the students on campus? You making Ooh, a bunch of them? <laughs> I've made a few. I've made a few. Yeah. I do yeah. try to send those off to my friend and colleague, Debbie. She is okay. the TikTok queen. Nice. I love it. You know, I don't have TikTok yet, but I just like continuously get closer and closer to making one just because I feel like I'm like the only human at this point who doesn't actually have a TikTok. And I don't know shit about it, but I think it would be fun to do. I think I could send Campbell your way. You know, I live with three teenagers and a young adult. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of TikToking happening here. (laughs) I believe it. And Cam is, you know, she's super glam. She's Hollywood. She's all that good shit. So I believe it too. Yeah. Well, Hall, thanks for being here. Uh, The job you're doing on campus, it's great. You know, uh, to have a college who has created a position to help young people figure out what they want to do with their lives and how they're going to move forward and to answer some tough questions about my identity and my family system and maybe all the things I've been told I needed to do or should do. And what what if I don't want to do that shit? What if I want to do something else? This is a great conversation. It's a really great position that you have. I know you love it. So this is your second year at Carthage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, second okay. year in campus. So far, yeah, so far since you've been there, how have you grown and how have you seen the position grown over two years? It was a new position. You were starting from scratch. You were trying to figure stuff out and build it. So what ways do you feel like this position has already grown and that you've grown into it in two years? Well, I had three appointments today with students who I'd never met before, who had just reached out and said, you know, I heard about you. I read about you. I have some questions about who I am. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can I just come in and meet with you? So I really expected that there would be, you know, workshops and guest lecturing and uh, kind of guiding conversations among faculty and staff and hoping that that would translate to students. But I really didn't expect that students were going to be so hungry for this conversation, but they were just going to like dive all in with these, Mm -hmm. um, you know, big ideas. I'm amazed at how hungry young people are 
to live a life that's meaningful. For sure. For sure. And it's really interesting. Holly, you know this. I was a school counselor for eight years. And so as a school counselor, a lot of what I did outside of just like messing around with kids in the hallways and, and clowning <laughs> around a lot was we talked a lot about in high school, junior, senior year, for sure. Young people are starting to think about what is my meaning? What's my purpose? What do I want to do? And even back then, you heard so often like, well, my mom and dad are this or my caregivers are this or my guardians are this. And I feel like I have to or my siblings are, are so and so. And so many young people feel that pressure of the family system or the caregiver system or their friends that they feel like they have to go into a certain area. And you know this high school, the time you're leaving high school, we think we got a path. We think we know exactly what we're going to do. And then by the time you get to college and get done with college, we're different humans. And for most of us, that path has changed like eight times, you know, but but I think that it's really interesting to hear you say like the thirst for people to be able to have conversations, young people to be able to have someone, a sounding board. I don't want to talk to my mom or my dad or my caregiver or my aunt or my uncle. I talked to them my whole life. I want to talk to someone who's a safe space, who I trust, but comes from outside of my orbit a little bit. It's a lot like therapy in many ways, right? People come to me and they're like, I, I just need someone to talk to who I can trust, who I'll get to know, but I don't have to worry about their preconceived notions or, or coming in with a certain agenda or whatever. And I think what you're doing is in, in many respects, very similar to that. And, and seeing the need for young people to have those conversations outside of their core group of supports. Yeah. And, you know, I do look like a therapist, so I have to remind them, <laughs> I'm not a therapist, so, <laughs> but I know a great one if you want to talk to it. Uh, right? that's, uh, so, I appreciate it. That's why yeah. I'm full. I love that. You've that's been really right. helping that's me right. out. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the big things that I first do with students is like a lot of peeling back layers. They come in with this idea of who they are, what they should be. Um, what they're good at, what they know, right? Mm -hmm. And then it all kind of starts to blow up. They're learning things and hearing perspectives that they've never even considered before. Mm -hmm. And they're realizing that, you know, just because I was really good at biology and named science student of the year, doesn't mean I need to be a scientist because yeah. every time I'm in an art class, I feel like my brain is on fire with creativity, right? Yeah, so it's a sure. lot of who are you authentically and what has been assigned to you? So first mm -hmm. we kind of start doing exercises where they peel that off. And I actually use post-it notes and we physically like put that stuff on and then yeah. peel off what's been assigned. And then That's you can great. decide, do you want to put it back on there or do you want to leave it off? Because mm -hmm. you come in with a heaviness, I think, of expectations um, yeah. expectations about who you've been and what you're supposed to be and who you were, but really you're just trying to, I think it's best sometimes to just blow that all up. And yeah. now let's see who we are. Who are you mm -hmm. here? Yeah, for sure. Because who you were isn't who you're going to be. For sure. And I think that, right. The idea of like who I was growing up in my hometown or the schools I was in or the clubs I was a part of, Man, that might have just been a role I played for the most part. Some of it was pushed on me. Maybe I chose that because I didn't feel like I had any other ideas. Or maybe that's just who I was at that point. But this, you know, I'm the living example of that. I was all sports all the time, little basketball, football player, baseball player, and I loved it, and I still do. But who would have thought years later that I'd be a therapist or a musician or a fully tattooed punk rock kid? Because that's how I, you know, like, a lot of me always felt that way. We grew up right. in a small town and, and we grew up and our family system was great. And I, I love our little town and we had a lot of support, but there are still certain aspects of that. I think you feel boxed in. And, and when you're young, it takes a lot to break through that. And in college, that is so much growth and being yeah. able to step outside that. But I think you also see in the work you're doing is that even though we're, we're launching out of college, right? 21, 22, mm -hmm. 23 or above. A lot of people, I think, still feel that that pressure or that box. And that's what you're speaking to this idea of like, but is that really who I am and really what I want to do? Right, right. And also sometimes people come in and talk about what they're good at. Like, um, yeah. I'm really good at, um, you know, keeping the peace or mm -hmm. I'm really good at, um, you know, making sure everybody is happy or in a good spot or that's my role and that's what I'm good at. And then I sometimes yeah. explore that with them. Like, are you good at that because you're good at that? Or are you good at that because where you were in at the time required you to be that to survive, right? Or to, sure. to, to be your best. Mm -hmm. So also as they're exploring their own roles, right? Because now they're in a new community outside of their family, most of them for the first time. Um, yeah. 
they realize that the role that they played before isn't necessarily a role they need to fill now. And so if you're not filling that role, then you're free to explore other parts of yourself for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And that's an interesting point. I deal with this a lot in therapy too. And we're talking about identity and you know, I work with a lot of college students too, young adults, you know, kind of right after college, that tough period of now what, but I think the idea of that freedom, that having the freedom to be able to explore anything, it can be really overwhelming for people. And it can be like, holy shit. Like I actually can be whatever I want, or I can explore things that are outside of what I've only ever known. And a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm going to crawl right back into the familiarity of, of that because to think of outside of those, those walls or those limiting beliefs is so scary for people. And at times it's just super overwhelming. So one of the things that I do a lot too is like, I get that when I say, you know what, you don't have to do that just because that's the role you've always played or the career you've always thought. You literally, and this, is, this can be relationships, this can be friendships, this right. can be where we live, right? These limiting beliefs are so strong. But to think outside of them, sometimes people are just like, that's just so much and I'm so scared of it and I don't even know where to start. And they're just like, you know what? I'm just not right. I'm going to crawl back. And I'm, I always tell people, it's the idea of like the prison walls, right? Like you're in, you're in, and maybe it's not terrible, but you also do realize you can, if you want to, you just open the door and walk out. <laughs> and some right, people, right. And a lot of people are, you know what? The, the comfort and the familiarity of the prison walls, it's not that bad. I'm used to it. I'd rather mm-hmm. stay here. And other people are like, you know what? I'm kicking that shit open and oh my God, look at the possibilities. But a lot of people get really scared by that. Yeah. With students, I, I encourage them to pull, I call it pulling on threads. Like you don't have to make all these changes at one time. You don't have to, you know, switch your major today. You don't have to go home this next week for spring break and tell your parents, you know, Hey, let's get to know each other. Cause I'm a totally different person than I was, Mm -hmm. you know, six months ago. But think about what you're curious about. Think about these things that are interesting to you, these questions that you have, and just think of those as threads. And we're just pulling threads. And we're just Mm going to see. Some of that's going to be a real quick tug. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, that's it. Others, you're going to just start keep pulling and pulling. And that's just going to lead you down a different path. And you're just going to keep pulling and exploring and learning as you go. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be scary because a thread isn't something overwhelming, right? Yeah. And it's something you can handle. It's something you can manage. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when that one runs its course, then we'll pull the next one. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it. And there's so many. uh, The other thing is like to help young people understand that life is chaptered. It's all about (laughs) chapters. Like this is not the be all end all. And where you've been and where you're going is going to be chaptered. And there's going to be pages ripped out and you're going to draw all over shit again. And you're going to start over. And it, everything right. feels so big and so heavy. We've been there. I, yeah. I still feel that at, at certain points. But, you know, and, and so this is an interesting conversation, too. Hall, you've had multiple careers, lots of different things you've done. I love it's so great to, to hear your story. So for yourself personally, you were on the news at one point and you were doing all kinds of different things. And you're an educator and now you're in college and private tutor and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. for you, as you were going through your journey. Did you struggle with this yourself? How'd you find yourself as you were doing this? Because you have a great, beautiful family. We talked relationship with JoJo last time. We'll get in just to a little bit how long you guys have been together, you and Scott. But as on your journey, you've you've done the same thing, right? You've kind of meandered to different things. And how'd you how'd you do it yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think I just learned really quickly that it wasn't going to be linear, right? Mm-hmm. I assumed that it would be a straight line, right? Yeah. And then real, really quickly, I veered off. And I realized yeah. like there's opportunities that are just going to come up that I can't even plan for. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the best job I can do, build relationships with as many people as I can in this current experience, and then just be open to see where it takes me. And it really has been fascinating to see where it's gone. And I really try to tell students that like, you think it's a straight line, it's going to look like scrambled eggs for most of you. Right. (laughs) And that's okay. Right. Cause for for me, it's been that meandering path that's led to a life that's felt like it's been meaningful and interesting. And I, you know, we talk about a sense of vocation or a sense of call and it's like, Mm -hmm. you're going to be called and then called again. And your life is just going to keep calling you in new and different ways because you're going to be a new and different person at different points in your life. And so we're not, we're thinking, I try to get them thinking about like, what skills do I want to have that I Mm -hmm. think can translate into me being able to respond to the opportunities that I have mm-hmm. and um, just being brave and knowing ourselves well enough to be able to step into it. 
Yeah. And that sure. you don't have to be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. And trust, like, I think one of the big things is trusting ourselves that we can make the next right decision for ourselves, right? Like we can self-correct and, and too often, whether it's moving across the country or it's a relationship that's no longer suiting you, or it's this or that, the idea of like taking the leap to something that, that we don't know if it's going to work out too many right. people. I think we stay because it's, again, it's that safety and it's that familiarity, but the idea that we can go and take chances and, and understand this nonlinear path and trust that, hey, if it doesn't work out, I have the skills and the supports to make the next best decision for me. And I don't have to worry how that looks to anybody else, right? I just trust that on my journey, if something doesn't work out, I've learned from it. And I'm going to try to use that to make the next best choice for myself. I think it's something that is, is too scary for a lot of people when you're looking at making big decisions or changing a career or, or a move or a relationship. But we have to trust that we have the ability to do what's next and what's best for us based on whatever decisions we're making at the time. Yeah, I hope that they, you know, ask themselves these questions throughout their lives because, you know, there's going to be so many points of transition in your life. College is a big point of transition. Mm -hmm. Leaving college is a big point of transition. You know, if your life takes you down a path where now you have a family that you're responsible for and you're trying to juggle that, that's another point of transition. Then they're all going to grow up and go away, right? And then yeah, it's like sure. another transition. Um, yeah. Life is... So I often have some of our adults on campus, you know, faculty and staff saying like, can we do a workshop like this for us? For sure. Um, because it's, yeah. and I hope that the students will think someday down the road, like, remember, there was that woman at Carthage who told me that I should, you know, I should be bold in my willingness mm -hmm. to live the life that's calling me. And sure. I'm going to do that. That's my hope, right? Is yeah. that if it doesn't happen today, those seeds are planted, that their life can be bigger than what they've planned for. Yeah. Yeah. We all have these limiting beliefs or we all have this vision for life. And oftentimes those of us on the outside who are working with somebody, we're like, oh, but there's so much beyond that. If you're willing right. to allow yourself the freedom to look and you're willing to trust yourself and you're willing mm -hmm. to trust that you deserve whatever it comes down to, right? Whether that's a relationship or a career or anything like I really deserve this if I'm willing to give myself the chance to do it. And I think that's a great thing that you're doing with the young people because so much of high school and college is academics and where are you going? What's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? And I get that. Like we need to have some idea of what we want, right. but man, if we can get away from that to the idea of like paint all over the page, let that shit go. We can figure stuff out and trust that you will get there. If you believe in your abilities, I think it's such a big thing to instill in people, not just colleges. I have these conversations with Everybody. myself, with you. I have these conversations with people who are 60, 70 year old, years old who have lost a partner now or have, right. you know, are grieving or no longer working or whatever. And there's so much transition in life and it continues forever. Have we learned and will we continue to learn that we can navigate that in healthy ways? Right, right. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I also encourage them, you know, look beyond yourself, look outside of mm -hmm. yourself. For me, um, you know, I learn the most about myself and what my life is calling me to do when I'm in service to other people, right? Sure. So get outside of your own head, get outside of your own life um, mm -hmm. and, and see then what, what messages you're hearing. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that, so Hall, you've had these different jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Right. At this point, you're at Carthage. It's taking you to this point. You're, you're loving it. It's doing great. What were some of your other favorite positions that you've had, careers that you feel like you've had that helped to, to lead you to, to Carthage at this point? Yeah, I was a director of communications and fund development um, for uh, the Women's Center in Waukesha, which was a large social service organization. So that yeah. was really connecting the community with um, and educating them about a, a need that was happening in the community and how do they get engaged and how do we solve this? A lot mm -hmm. of the work when I look back has been pretty community building. Um, yeah. Then, you know, I was, uh, I did some board trainings after that and did some consulting work and I would come in. It was the same kind of thing, building trust, building relationships, helping organizations see themselves differently, um, yeah. pointing out things, you know, helping them see things that, that they couldn't see in themselves. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, the kids were little and I was surrounded by, you know, all these babies tugging at my legs and, you know, <laughs> you a lot of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got a bunch of them. So, um, you know, I had this opportunity to work really part time, mostly from home at our church, which ended up being awesome. I was the director of serving ministries there, which meant mm -hmm. I'd go out in the community and engage uh, where needs 
where the needs were, assess what they mm-hmm. were, and then just call back and say, hey, you know, the dryer, there's a dryer fire at the homeless shelter. I need yeah. six, six people to meet me at the laundromat so we can get this laundry done. Or, yeah, sure. you know, the cook got sick at the hospitality center, which is our day shelter here. So I'm mm-hmm. going to need a team of you to meet me down here to do this. So we yeah. were plugging community needs. Um, yeah. And my job was to build relationships so that people would trust us to do that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So how you, most of what you've done has been, you know, education, community, social services, giving back kind of, kind of careers. Is, is that where you expected to go? Did you think that that, no. that, has that always been? Or where did you expect to be when you left Prairie Farm High School, go Panthers? PFHS, I was just looking, <laughs> I was just looking for something that would not require any math. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, so exactly. Like, my path was pretty narrow because my main priority was avoiding math classes. And you know, now I tell great. students like, you know, <laughs> you don't need to be, you don't need to avoid those kinds of things, right? Don't carve such a na- narrow way for yourself. But for sure, um, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was a first generation college student. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really have a point of reference for this. Um, yeah. I knew I liked to write and I knew I liked to tell stories. So I thought probably a journalism career would be for me. And, you know, like you said, I worked at a a station in Milwaukee and I worked at a couple of stations in Green Bay. And what I found was um, there was an opportunity to tell the story, but it had to be really short and very sensationalized. And I felt like there wasn't a depth there that was going to be satisfying for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to sit for hours and get to know more. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. And and to walk along and not be somebody who just kind of jumped in on a crisis situation or a breaking news thing and was like in and out, in and out. Um, Mm -hmm. So ultimately, while those were what I thought, the things I thought I was good at, and that was what lined up with those skills, it just, it wasn't enough. So I, that's when I started doing um, communication work for organizations. Yeah. And that's a, that's an important note too. I think sometimes like, the things we're good at doesn't always match up with our interests necessarily. Right. right. And the things we're good at doesn't, cause I think that's so often how it's drilled into our heads in education when we're young is like, what are your aptitudes? What are you good at? What classes are you good at? Well, then, right. okay. Like that's kind of the path. We're going to put you into like this IB track or this advanced honors track. And that, that's just what you're good at. And you're told repeatedly that that's just probably what you're going to do. And sometimes what you're good at and what you love or what your passions are match up. And that's great. But sometimes the things that you're good at, have absolutely nothing to do with what your passion is. And I, that's another thing for people to explore a lot is the idea of like, my identity doesn't necessarily have to be tied to what I'm good at. That's not right. a part of me all the time. As we're talking identity development and how do you be your authentic self, it's okay to look at that and be like, look, I know I'm really good at this. I'm good at whatever, right? Writing. But do I have any interest in writing news articles or being a journalist? No, not at all. Right. Like I want to be a whatever. I want to be a businessman. I want to be a math yeah. teacher. Like whatever it is, and that's an important thing for people too, because it's just so often, I think that's, even when it's like the ACT or these, these standardized tests that we do with the ACT, it's always, there's a big like aptitude thing or like an interest survey that goes with it. It pops out a report and, and there's value to this. I'm not dogging it, but like it pops out a report of like, here's what the areas that you scored best in based on your responses, your skills and your interests. Right. And when they don't match up, sometimes people are like, well, shit, now what? Like I, I have to be a... I have to be a whatever, an accountant because I'm good at math and I have zero interest in being in an office for my whole life. And those are the kinds of conversations. Like if you're going to be your authentic self and try to figure out where you fit in the world, it's okay to be good at something and not necessarily think that that's all you're going to have to do for a career or that's your only options is something in that field. Yeah. I see that a lot, especially with pre-med students, you know, they've been, they're usually students who were top of their class academically and that started to show up pretty early on in school for them. And so then what do, what do grownups say to kids who are really good in math and science or really getting great grades? You should be a doctor. Oh, for you're sure. going to be a doctor, right? And so yeah. their whole lives, they hear, you're going to be a doctor. You should be a doctor. Then they get mm-hmm. to college. They're starting to think about med school applications. And I say, you know, what, what made you want to be a doctor? And they're like, gosh, I don't know. Everybody yeah. told me I was going to be a doctor, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. guess I, I never had a chance to think about anything else because that was assigned to me so early. Mm-hmm. And then it, I'm like, well, you can be a doctor. You know, yeah. you can also be anything else you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's a piece to this too that 
that I think comes from like background and upbringing, right? Some, like mm-hmm. some people based on family systems, community, et cetera, et cetera. I was pushed into a certain role because that's what I needed to do to support the family, right? I've been working mm-hmm. in a certain field forever. I've never had the opportunity to think outside of the box because the box was survival. And, right. and some people are still living that way, but to be able to take a pause and say, how do we combine that? Right. You've lived in survival mode for so long. If you're still in survival mode, I'll help you get to that point. We'll help you do that. But also if you're no longer in survival mode, have you taken a pause to be able to say, was that what I needed to do? And that's just what I expected. I always needed to do. Or mm-hmm. do I have the possibility again, to like kick that door down a little bit and see, maybe I can actually follow my passions and be able to do something that's maybe a little bit different than I needed to because of my circumstances growing up. Yeah. And what am I really responsible for? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you can't be responsible for everything and everybody. Yeah. Uh, so sure. kind of assessing that too. Right. Yeah. Well, and Holly, you mentioned it, you got teenagers now, you got one in college, you got one who has her own business. So she's obviously found her calling and is doing great. We're super proud of her. What kind of things are you seeing from, from your kids now? So Holly has four. And all kinds of ages, 13 right. all the way up to what is Lake now? 21 or 22? She, she'll be 22 in, in two weeks. Yeah, which is that's bonkers to me. But yeah, and so a great <laughs> family. They're it. all they're all kind of going through this, right? Campbell's right. finding herself at the U of M. Calvin's about to graduate. All the kids are starting to think about what they want or where they're going to go. How have you seen them start to navigate some of these things in their mind or their conversations that they're having about what they want to do and what their calling is or, or who they are and how they want to take their next steps? Yeah, well, some of them are less interested in having these big conversations with me than, <laughs> than the students are. Yeah, I get <laughs> but, it. I get it. Um, you know, I think just creating a space for them to be able to, to be who they're going to be, right? Like mm-hmm. I've lived my life. I've made these decisions for myself. I've tried things that have worked and things that haven't worked and have been in jobs that I didn't expect. Uh, and I don't have an expectation for you, except sure. that, you know, you do what you want to do. You do what you're excited about, right? Mm-hmm. That you mm-hmm. kind of go bravely into this life of yours. Uh, sure. Don't do it to please me. Um, it's interesting, you know, Lakin first talked about being a massage therapist when she first started having that conversation. I had never really, you know, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was so interesting because, you know, Lakin would sit by you as a small girl from the time she was little and, you know, grab your hand and start rubbing your hand. Or she was yeah. always the one that would come and touch the back of your head. And I started yeah. thinking about it like Lakin really expresses a lot through touch. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that makes total sense that that she would be drawn to that kind of a career, right? Because sure. that's yeah. kind of who she is as a communicator and a person, you know, when mm-hmm. she's with other people. So I thought that was mm-hmm. really fascinating. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, she has a great, great massage studio, Lake Michigan, a massage studio for women. She does a phenomenal job. It's a great space. So anybody who's listening or watching, you know, if yes. you're in the Milwaukee, Racine, Chicago area, you can go ahead and hit me up and, and I'll definitely, I'll give you Lakin's contact. She does a great job. And also that's what it is. Like, that's how she connects. That's how she, her passion and what she's good at have intersected for sure. You know, and, yeah. and I think that when it comes to that, this idea of identity, right? Like, I think a lot of times we're so scared to like chase our identity. We might know what it is, but to chase something that matches it, right? So I'm right. wearing this fatally flawed shirt, right? And I've always been into music and always been into expressing yourself. And the idea with fatally flawed was, you know what? We all have flaws. We are all flawed humans in certain ways. We all have our things that we don't love about ourselves, mistakes that we've made, whatever. But that doesn't mean that we can't make them a part of our story and embrace them and use them to move forward. And I think we can do that. That's what identity is, right? We have right. all these different hats that we wear. And so, you know what? If you want to, you know, like if I wanted to be a musician, so I, just, it's, I made it happen in some way. It doesn't mean I'm super successful. None of that matters. It was like, I wanted to have a CD that I could pop in my car back in like 2005 and I did it. Right. And that's and, and that's not to say that that's what any, anybody has to do. But it's the idea of if you feel a certain way or a very strong passion or a pull to something, explore yeah. that. It doesn't explore necessarily it. need to be a career, but right. it can be something that brings you joy. Life is not necessarily the idea of balance and, and whatnot is great. Like we need work life balance, but it's harmony. Like it's not life is not always in balance. It can't be. But you can right. find harmony in that, too. And I think that's a big part. What are your passions? What brings you joy? What fills your cup? And are you willing to go for that stuff? Doesn't mean it has to be anything huge or grand or, 
I need to be a musician or a clothing line or working at a college. But right. are you willing to explore that stuff and be okay with where it takes you? Right, right. Yeah, Campbell was that kid who, you know, was getting pushed toward math and science careers and you could mm-hmm. go to medical school. And, you know, when she was young, she was already interested in, in healthcare and she was kind of on that path. And, you know, people would say that or she'd bring that up. And I was constantly like, or you could own a flower shop. And <laughs> yeah. Scott would be like, why do you say you can own a flower <laughs> shop every time this kid talks yeah. about going to medical school? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, isn't it a nicer life to work in a flower <laughs> shop than, you know, yeah. be in a hospital a hundred hours a week? For sure, yeah. And speaking of Scott, Holly and Scott, tell us how long. Joe and I had the conversation last episode about surviving and thriving in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. You guys have been together a long time. So I want to know, A, how you guys met, how long you've been together, and okay. B, how have you guys made it work for that long? Because you guys are <laughs> a couple that a lot of us look up to. We love you guys very much. How have you guys done it for so long? Give us your your nuggets. Joe and I talked about it last last episode. Let's hear what you got for us on that front. We've been married for 25 years. Mm-hmm. We've been together for 29 right. years. I know, okay. right? Yeah. Um, I met Scott on my first day of college in my first college class. I walked <laughs> I into it. a so French good. class and he was sitting there, right? So yeah. I didn't think much about it at that point, right? You don't Except think you, you're you going to walk. You did the double take right away. I did the old double take. Dropped um, your books, classic right, moves. I right. get it. I definitely, <laughs> yeah, started to get up a little bit early to you know, fix the hair before I went to French class. Um, But yeah, we met, it's a crazy story to think that, you know, I met him on my first day in my first college class. That's wild. UW Oshkosh. UW Oshkosh, baby. (laughs) That's wild. That is so nuts. (laughs) And it's been that long and that's how you guys met. And it's great. And you guys are very happy. You're raising a happy, healthy family. And, and so how have you guys made it work? Give us some of the, Joe, we talked a lot about the different things we can do. But give us some of the, the nuggets that you have that have seemed to work for you guys for 30 years, which is crazy because you're only like 32 years old. So I know, this, is, right? this is weird. But but yeah, fill us in. Tell everybody. There's a lot of listeners who are following up after last week, and they're going to love to hear how you guys have made it work. And, and you know, just for that long, it's, it's it doesn't, doesn't happen that often these days. So it's a valuable and it's a beautiful thing to see it. And people want to know what's the secrets. Yeah. Well, for us, I do think when you're, when you meet someone that young, right. Um, there is some luck involved because you know, <laughs> you're not a feel, fully formed human being yet. So <laughs> sure. you can, you know, meet someone and have two really great people and life paths take them in different directions. So the idea mm-hmm. that we were really able to grow up together in a lot of ways yeah. and stay on the same track while we each did our own thing, you know, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of luck there. Um, but also I think, you know, we just try to have fun in the daily things. It's not, um, you know, it's not big acts of bringing flowers home or, you know, planning trips or, you know, doing these kind of big out of the ordinary things. It's really like Mm -hmm. having a good time in just your ordinary day. You know, I'm excited Mm -hmm. when he comes home from work because I'm, you know, got a funny story I want to tell him or, you know, I've been waiting all day to kind of toying with a question and he's the right person to ask. Yeah. So sure. I think a lot of it is just, you know, just making sure that you're just kind of having a fun and enjoying, mm-hmm. enjoying your day-to-day life. You yeah. know, we're not yeah, so really big over the top expectation people, right? Mm-hmm. We, um, I would say it's just really steady. Yeah. Also, yeah. You know, Scott's not the kind of guy that you wonder who's going to come home at night. Like he's a really yeah. even keel person and yeah. I'm a little more hyper. So <laughs> we have no. a pretty good Anybody balance. listening or watching his mind is freaking blown <laughs> right now. That's not possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If anybody listening who doesn't know us, doesn't know the family, Holly and Scott are very opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to personality. Scotty, totally. very even keel, not too high, not too low. Might go an entire night without saying a word. Or you have Holly on the other end who is mountain high, valley low, very much <laughs> going to talk your ear off. Very hard to get off the phone. You're like, all right, I got to go. I got a meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just continues with the conversation. So it is really funny that for anybody listening, that is the two of them in a nutshell. But it works, right? It works, it works. for you guys. It yeah. works. That was why I was really excited about this. I'm like, 
I'm going to have him for a whole hour. And he can't come up with a bunch of excuses to hang up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm always like, all right, I'll, I got a client got coming up. I got to go. Got something. Got something. It's uh, the Midwest but it's great. Goodbye. It really is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. You guys have made it for so long and it's been so healthy. And like everybody, we all go through stuff, but it's that idea. Too often, one of the things that we lose first in long-term relationships is having fun with each other. Yeah. Think of what we do when you just get together with someone. It's exciting and it's fun and you enjoy right. being around them. And yeah. not and not every day is going to be like that. And you can't be like that forever, but you can still have fun together and you still want to see that person have joy and share experiences. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're there, you that's half the battle for a lot of people. And you guys live it a lot. All right, I'll, I do I know you gotta get going here pretty quick, but you've seen the show. I run I have everybody seen the show. through the gauntlet. So before we get to the gauntlet. This is what we're going to say. So there's a lot to this conversation that we didn't even get to yet tonight. We focused more on career kind of stuff, next steps, identity. But when it comes to identity, there's a lot of stuff related to sexual identity, Mm -hmm. sexual orientation, finding myself, relationships, things that we haven't got to yet that I really think are important when it comes to this conversation of my authentic self. Even the idea of how do I look a certain way and, and work in a certain career field or how do I... How do I have conversations with my family or my supports about changing my ideas, right? Things that mm-hmm. we haven't got to yet. So this is right. not a one-part conversation. So we're going to have Hall back for sure. We're going to do part two, probably part three. We're going to talk about some of these other areas that I think are really, really important and really are things when people are, especially in college, not always, but especially in college, when you're starting to find yourself a little bit and explore who you are for the first time when things related to sexuality come up or things related to moving or my family system. They're really difficult and scary conversations, but I know for a fact you have a lot of people and a lot of students who have been coming to you with those kinds of topics, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty common, um, it's a pretty common thing on campus. And I think too, people recognize pretty quickly, like that's a safe place for me to just kind of go and, and test drive that conversation. For sure. Right. And so kind of feeling like you have a chance to practice saying that out loud to somebody, right? And then um, to have, be able to have conversations with somebody who can really just respond to you in a way that's, you know, really kind and supportive Mm -hmm. and opening, uh, open-minded does make a huge difference. But yeah, who we are and who we think we are and um, who we really are meant to be, those are big, heavy conversations. And Mm -hmm. I just, I would say to parents too, it's like, your kids aren't coming to you with these conversations lightly. It's Mm -hmm. for most of them been a pretty painful process to get to the point where they're going to really come and be able to actually say this out loud to you. So, I mean, meet that with gentleness. Yeah. Yeah. And appreciate the leap of faith and the courage it takes to bring that, right? Like when you bring that conversation to someone that matters to you or someone that you're worried about judgment or someone that you love or someone who support you need, the idea that that can go south and be really painful is very real and very relevant for a lot of people. And so the courage to bring that conversation up, even if, you know what, it catches you off guard or it's a hard conversation for you to have or, or it takes you back, the courage to bring that up is really something that needs to be taken care of and really needs to be appreciated, I think. Yeah, I agree. And when somebody comes to me and wants to have those conversations or, you know, a lot of times it's like they know the answers. They're not coming to me for answers. They're coming to me um, to just kind of say what they already know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if there are questions beyond that, I will say, you know, we have a great counseling center on staff and I'll send them down for that. But really, when somebody comes and wants to kind of introduce you to their authentic self in whatever way that is. It's a yeah. real honor, you know, yeah, it's a sure. real honor when somebody trusts you with that, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't take that lightly in your role. I don't take that lightly as a therapist. There's nothing harder than coming to someone with the potential for being rejected or the potential for judgment or the potential for hearing something that is hurtful. So when someone brings that to you, it's an honor. And, and that person deserves to know that you appreciate how how much courage and how difficult it was to bring it and how much we're thankful for it and how much we're mm-hmm. glad to be a part of that journey, wherever it goes and however much we're a part of it. The fact that we're having this conversation is really, really valuable and really something that I take with a, a great amount of respect with the people I work with. And I know, I know you do too. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, Hall. So you've seen how this goes, right? I'm going to ask you I some know. questions. Okay. One the or the seat. other. These. Oh, yeah. I hope you're ready. <laughs> I hope you're. You should have a beer right now because this is going to be tough. I feel it's, like I need a beer. <laughs> it took Joe. Joe got through one question. Was like, hey, dude, hold on. I need to. I got to grab my other beer. So that's <laughs> the hot seat is hot. This shit is is no joke. So. Well, I'm sweating. Start off easy. Okay. Go, go, right. <laughs> that's why you need a cut off tank. You'll be fine. See. Yeah. No. Episode kidding. two. Episode two. Crop top. There, there you go. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll, I'll start off easy for you, okay? Okay. Would you rather ride a Peloton or go out for a run? Oh, God. <laughs> These are good. This is the easiest one. This is the easiest one? Mm-hmm. I would rather ride a Peloton. Okay. Okay. And you have one, right? You guys have been cranking up a Peloton? Right. Yeah. Okay. How's it going? Have you fallen off yeah. yet? You know, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm so not that's breaking the- any records. Well, I mean... That's all right. Tara, <laughs> our other sister, is breaking the records on the Peloton. She's yeah. the one doing that. You don't She's need the to. One we got to have a family this conversation member. with. <laughs> exactly, That's a really exactly. hard question for her for completely opposite reasons than it yeah. is for me. Like, what would <laughs> I sure. re- love to do more? And for me, it's like, what could I suffer through? How can I get out of both of them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anybody want right, to go grab a beer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So this is the second easy one. There is a right okay. answer to this one. And don't oh, forget okay. who the host is, okay? Right, right. Tottenham or Arsenal? Oh, gosh, you are asking me. This is like Sophie's choice of soccer. I know. Um, so Man United is not Arsenal. an option. No, Arsenal. no. Arsenal. Oh, I Arsenal. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Only because of Calvin. How, Calvin, uh, my nephew, loves Arsenal, right? And so I knew that that was what it's going to be because he'll listen and he'll Tottenham he'll pay attention to what you say. guys. Come on. No. My I friends are also going to listen. So be careful. <laughs> be careful. Oh, yeah. Proceed with caution. Yeah. You, you, you know that. my friends. They're a bunch of idiots. So just, you know, take it easy. <laughs> okay. This one, this one's going to be pretty tough. So Holly and I love Milwaukee sports. Brewers or Bucks? Well, you know, I'm not real thrilled with the Brewers lately. Okay, so, pretty mad about Corbin Burns. I get it. Yep, I get it. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna go Bucks. I love Giannis. I love that he walks down the street still in Milwaukee. You see him in the grocery store. He's yeah. at the taco truck. You know, okay. I love yeah. it that you go to a Marquette game, and if those guys are home, they're at the game. They're just yeah. like they're a great team, but they're just yeah. guys who love living in Milwaukee too, and they're part yeah. of the community. So I, yeah. I would say Bucks. Okay, I agree. I do think that's great. Giannis loves Milwaukee so much. I know, like, Jay Crowder's back now, Wes Matthews, all those Marquette cats. People who gen- – when you live in a t- in an area that is a small sports city, you have to have athletes who live there who love it as much as the fans do. And right. that doesn't happen everywhere for sure. But Green Bay is one for sure. But Milwaukee is a great sports city. And the, the athletes that embrace it and love it as much as we do, man, they'll never pay for a Butterburger or Custard again. Never. Because people who love them. That's yes. Right. <laughs> All right. So that one's tough. Okay. okay. Here's another one. Best story that that you your favorite story of me and my idiot friends. Okay. Here's the two options. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know which two you scaled this down. I came to. up with two. I came up with two, which is ridiculous. I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> I know these are two of your favorites. Okay. Your favorite. Us getting pepper sprayed in Dicky Town at <laughs> like. <laughs> 3 a.m. on a Wednesday night outside of college bars because that happened like two summers ago <laughs> or us jumping into the Milwaukee River downtown Milwaukee at like 3 a.m. during Summerfest. Ooh, those are two good ones. They're pretty good ones. I have to go pepper spray simply because there is a video of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we is. We can relive it over and over again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So to everybody listening or watching right now, me and two of my, my best friends, we were out in Minneapolis one night. We went to the, uh, the, the Loon soccer game. We went out to the spot. We had no idea where we were going. We ended up outside a bar. There was a scrum out there. Somehow we ended up next door. We, got, we ended up getting in this like cloud of pepper spray. I immediately took video of it and then called Holly and told her that, Hey, are you excited for Campbell to come to the U next year and hang out with us? So it was, there's a little bit of trauma there, but it was a great, stupid, but great story for us. The crazy thing is that the three of you are her emergency contact people, right? <laughs> you know I not Who only better in the Twin there, Cities, but I turned you into the emergency contact list. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. of you Me were and caught ben in control of you uncontrollably. <laughs> One of you was blind. 
Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's something. I mean, she has the all-star cast of emergency contacts in the Twin Cities. No doubt about it. Yeah. Nothing okay, to worry all. about here. No, we're all good. Totally, totally good. Uh, okay. This is a big one for someone in Wisconsin Hall, and, and we like beer. And, and so PBR or Schlitz? Oh, Schlitz. Okay. All yeah, right. I'm totally team Schlitz. Okay, I figured so. That's a classic, and it's a it's a local it's a that I figured you cl- would pick. Classic Milwaukee beer. Okay, uh, a couple left. All this is this one is going to get you where it hurts. So we love Door County, uh, Me too. Wisconsin. It's our favorite, one of our favorite spots. All they have a place up there. We go up there a lot all year long. So two of our favorite spots that we go to. One in the summer is called the Stabber. Did I pronounce mm-hmm. that correct? All yep. yeah. Stabber, big outdoor patio, great space. So would you choose the Stabber? or the Mink River, which is like the little local dive that everybody also loves. Our two favorites, I think, probably up there. That's a tough one. Which one are you going with, Hall? That is a tough one because Stabber is all about, you know, those long Door County summer days and nights, right? You're outside, you're looking at the water, the beer is cold, the nights are warm. But there is nothing like a Wisconsin dive bar, and that's a hill I'll die die on. So I'm totally... Gonna go with Mink River. Going with the Mink, baby. Going they'll with be, the Mink, baby. Give yeah, her they'll the be river. happy to hear that. <laughs> Give her the <laughs> river. Exactly. We love it. It's a great spot. That's Ellison Bay, right? It is Ellison Bay. Ellison Bay, Wisconsin. Population maybe like what, hundred something? Yeah, like that? maybe. If you yeah, can't have great. fun in Ellison Bay, you can't have fun. You might as well not come to Wisco at that point. <laughs> That's right. for sure. <laughs> All right, good choice. Okay, so now let's see. What do I got? I got. Two, I got three left, so this one's okay. going to be great. <laughs> so we, we do a family Christmas, me, mom, my sisters, and our every year. And usually <laughs> every year, Holly and I do something to piss everybody else off, just the way it goes, right? It's something. It <laughs> so it's been happening for years. <laughs> and so, all right, Hall, what's your favorite way that we piss the rest of the family off during these Christmases? A, shotgunning a beer and having a shotgunning contest. <laughs> In the or garage. B, in the garage, Prairie Farm, Wisconsin, <laughs> or B, sliding off to go to a brewery when everybody else goes left, and then we send a text later like, oh, hey, we're going to stop over at a brewery quick. We'll be home <laughs> later. Which way? Both upset people. They get over it. We have a great time. It's nothing big. But we know that if we do either one of them, somebody, mostly mom, is going to be like, aren't you guys ready to come home yet? Or do you guys really have to, <laughs> do you really have to shotgun that beer in the garage? So, so for you, Hall, which way would you rather upset someone during Christmas when we're back home. I think shotgunning beer in the garage is always the way to go. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it right like under the most small nose. town of Wisconsin. You can't thing even ever. say like we took a wrong turn or we stopped <laughs> for gas and there was this brewery right there. It's like, yeah. meet me in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> grab a pen. Grab a couple of old mills and a pen. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And then it you is can a hear her footsteps. You know oh, yeah. she's coming through the kitchen. Yeah. It's like, I have yeah. to drink this. And as you're, fast you're getting as it done. Yeah. And then we try to like sneak out the back. And mom is, she somehow knows that she knows everything. She, she'll watch us. She'll be like, of course I know everything. But we slide out. You're gone for 30 seconds, the two of us. Mom's on the mission. She's trying to figure she out knows. where we are. And she's, she's good at it. I'll give her credit. She is good at it. She's not <laughs> as good as us, though. I know, yeah, we sneak right. it in. Also, we managed also, to sneak it in. Since you picked shotgunning, you want to tell everybody what your record is against me in the, the classic shotgunning contest? Well, I have cold, sensitive teeth. Here we go. Yeah, here <laughs> we go. I knew it was coming. I knew it was either like my can didn't pop open or my teeth are too cold or I slipped. I, when you're drinking, When you're drinking beer in a garage in Wisconsin in December, it's a different kind of cold. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Usually you're freezing, but I tell you what, the fact that I'm still undefeated after all these years, at some point you're going to have to have someone stand in. Campbell's almost 21. She'll stand in at some point. She's a pretty good candidate, I think. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. She's probably <laughs> practicing at Sal's. She's probably practicing right now. She's <laughs> probably, in my garage. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I got two left. All right. Okay. This one, really hard. Milwaukee or Door County? Oh, God, I was afraid you were going to ask me this. You knew I was going to ask you oh. about it. I told everybody that we were going to talk about Door County and our love for Wisconsin and all that stuff. Milwaukee or Door County, probably our two favorite cities along with lacrosse in the state of Wisconsin. Which one are you picking? Oh, God, these are my top two places in the world. 
That's which, a, you know, <laughs> might seem like it's a little limiting to others. Yeah, talk about limiting beliefs. I know what I like. All, we know what we like. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I, I think Door County, because for us, it's yeah. like, it's all fun, right? Like we go mm-hmm. there with a the mindset. This is going to be so much fun. We're going to, you know, just be together. We're going to have a great time. We're going to do all the things that we like. Um, yeah. And it's, it just has become like, that's the place you go. When we're there, that's what it's all about. For sure. For sure. That's and a it's good extended choice. time, right? Like you might go to Milwaukee for a couple of hours or go for dinner or go yeah. to a game and that's fun. But yeah. it's like to all get together and just go to Door County and just have a great time. Like that kind mm-hmm. of intensive time together. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. One of and, my favorite and... Door County memories ever is when <laughs> you surprised me last year. I did. It was, that was great. Yeah, it was awesome. So I, people know this, who would listen to the, the show, but I moved out to Denver full time last summer and about a year ago. And then I was kind of back and forth to St. Paul and then I moved out full time and I love to go to Door County. It's also one of my favorite spots in the summer. I think it's the best spot. One of the best spots in the U S it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't even believe you're in Wisconsin when you're out there. It's so good. But I knew mom was going over to visit you guys. I hadn't been over yet for the summer. So I flew back. Somehow mom kept the secret. Somehow nobody knew that I was flying. And we pulled it off at the Stabber. It worked out really well. It was a super fun weekend. Yeah. It was a lot of screaming, some tears. A lot of screaming, people wondering what the hell's going on, all that good stuff. But it it was fun. Yeah. And we'll be back again this summer and this spring for sure. So all right, all. Last one. Okay. Most important one. Nobody's got it right yet. So we'll see how you do today. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Wisconsin Badgers. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Marquette Golden Eagles? Oh, this is so easy, Mitch. <laughs> Be careful now. I don't want to have to kick you off the show like I have to Joe and Ty, because I will. Yeah, right. So have you read the news that we have the Big East Coach of the Year at Marquette? I did hear that. Our yes. number six ranked Marquette Golden Eagles. <laughs> Big East Player some news. of the Year. I catch some news. You catch I, I some mean, news. Yeah, yeah, I did. How and are the just, doing? They just got beat like ten <laughs> minutes ago, so they're probably out. So since you're choosing Marquette, just like I say, that's the point. We got to kick her ass off the show, just like Ty, just She's like Ben. Nobody gets it right, and that's okay. <laughs> but we're gonna have you back, all. Thanks for coming. It was awesome. Got a good chance to hang out. I think we talked about some really, really valuable stuff for a lot of people. We're gonna continue this conversation for sure. We'll do episode or part two of this and part three and a whole bunch of stuff. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for calling in. I think people are going to have a blast with this episode. Excited to get it up to everybody who's watching. Give Hall a big shout out. If you can, I'm clapping for, if you're not watching and you're hearing it, Hall, (laughs) thanks for coming. Will you come back and see us? Yes. And I'll call you in a little bit. Okay, good. We got to, we got to talk about it. (laughs) We got to have our our processing. Absolutely. All right. To everybody else watching the show on Spotify or YouTube, Everybody listening, wherever you're streaming, thanks for being here. It's Mox, and I'm out. Thanks.